Stormester skal finde den mindst udulige ah! af de mest udulige. Hej, Mark. Lidt færdig. Sammen to papkasser. Åh, oh, nej, Mark. Må jeg ikke ringe til min mor? Stormester. En chance til. Det er ikke på nogen måde behageligt. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic-butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Velkommen til NBA på TV2 Sport. Velkommen til denne udgave af NBA Podcast på TV2 Sport. Jeg skal i denne udgave tale med Pete Filo, en amerikansk basketballspiller, der startede sin karriere efter koldesårene hos Skovbakken Basket, eller Bakken Bærs, som de siden har kommet til at hedde. Han startede faktisk det, man kan sige, som en sand mesterskabslavine, da han sammen med Skovbakken vandt første DM i 1997. Siden da der tog han mange spring, som vi skal høre, men blandt andet er det altså blevet til 14 år i NBA som scout for forskellige mandskaber. Lad os byde velkommen til Pete Filo, der er med os på telefon direkte fra Charlotte i North Carolina. Pete Filo, welcome. Thanks, Thomas. Great to be here on on the air with you. Yeah, I mean, you don't know what's waiting for you, but uh, I'm certainly happy to have you on here. For for the people who don't know, you are the guy that kind of started a lavine of Danish basketball, I would say, in the late 90s. A Bakken Bears or Skolbakken basketball, as they were called, they picked up a guy. Didn't like him. He was friends with Grand Hill. I liked him. You know, that kind of gave it a little insight. But no, didn't like him. Shipped him home. Then they picked up you, a guy from Manhattan in New York, coming in and looking a little swag in his big sweatsuit. We met up. I think we, our first interview ever was in the back of a, of a truck at the train station, just trying to get to know who is this new American. Can you take us back to to that time what was it going out of college and and then coming in as a as a pro player in a small basketball country as Denmark was oh well <laughs> this brings me back a ways but uh 
it was uh, a great, great time in my life. I, I often uh, talk about my time in Denmark and Skobach, and of course we won a championship there, so I'm, I'm very uh, appreciative and thankful for that. But I'm also lucky. Uh, I mean, uh, you know, they, they got rid of the guy you mentioned mm-hmm. uh, and needed a player, and I happened to be available. Uh, I, I had another offer in England, actually, uh, that I turned down to go to Denmark, and I'm glad I did. I, I was able to meet some great people that I stay in touch with to today, and uh, I learned a lot. I, I tell you what, my, for, a, for, for a rookie that doesn't know much about life at the time, to come in and be be put with a bunch of national team players from Denmark mm-hmm. and, and a good coach, uh, and to have the expectations, we were expected to be a, a, a winner in, in that league, and we had to go through a playoff series, and that, that's not easy no matter where you are, and five-game series and seven-game series. And, uh, I really enjoyed my time, and so uh, I'm really, really thankful. As I recall, it was in 97, right, that you, you, you touched down in Denmark? Correct. Yeah. yeah. 99, they won it. 2000, 2001, 04, 05, 07, 08, 09, 11, 12, 13, 14. That's why wow. I, I, I kind of went, you know, you started the Levine. They had won one championship before that, and that was not even really Skolbach, and That was under a different name in 1958. So 97, you started it, and, and I think... There's two years since then where they haven't been to the championship. Uh, so they either lost or won the championship ever since. And this year, 2017, they won it again. Wow. Well, I'm happy to hear that. I, I stay in touch with uh, Michael Pilos and, and Coach Stefan Wick sometimes. And uh, I actually also ran into Jens Jensen, believe it or not, uh in new york city just mm-hmm. randomly on the streets we walked by each other and and uh <laughs> gave each other a big hug we could i couldn't believe it i i said his name and he looked at me he goes is that pete yeah, yeah <laughs> so yeah. it was great it was really great but but when you when you win a championship with someone you you're like brothers for life you you, you always care about each other and because uh, you've gone through so much adversity to win a championship and uh and for me those guys are 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 great, great people, and I, I miss them. I'm, I'm sure not all stories need to go on air. So, but and I, I'm not sure we have time either. But, but your journey after Skolbakken, I mean, you've been in—is it Iceland? You've been in Israel. You've been all around the world. Uh, where did basketball take you? Well, again, I, I was really fortunate. Um, you know, I was one of those just lifers, grinders. You know, I, I, I played in Lebanon. I played in Iceland. I played in Croatia. Uh, I, I had a couple, you know, short stops in Slovakia and Sweden and uh, different places. I even played in a, a minor league here in the States, the IBL, briefly. Um, and then at the very end of my career, um, I, I had been training in Dallas periodically in the summers mm-hmm. uh, my last few years and, and developed a relationship with Donnie Nelson, who's the president of the Dallas Mavericks. And, you know, the NBA, you know, it, to, to get in, it's it's challenging. You have to have a trusting relationship with somebody and, and offer value. And, you know, my value at the time was knowing the international landscape pretty good. And uh, I had bounced around. It was bad for my basketball career to bounce around, mm-hmm. but it was good for my post career. And so, because uh, of the relationships. And so, uh, Donnie gave me an opportunity to be an international scout for the Dallas Mavericks. And for three years, I did that. And simultaneously, 
I was very, very lucky. It was timing. The timing was perfect. Uh, Reebok was looking for someone to uh, start something internationally, a grassroots type of uh, event, and identify and endorse athletes, uh, you know, basketball players that were heading to the NBA, mm-hmm. and, and identify them before the other shoe companies did, like Nike and Adidas and those. And so Reebok uh, offered me a position simultaneously with my consulting and scouting with Dallas Mavericks, and uh, away we go. I, I, I was able to uh, meet with some very important people uh, to start this uh, Reebok Euro Camp in Treviso, Italy. And to, to not be too long and winded about this, uh, in nine years of, of us running that event, we had 82 players drafted in the NBA. Mm-hmm. And so it was, uh, you know, something that I don't know if that record will ever be broken again. I, I hope it will. That means basketball is in good shape. But it was, uh, it was something I'm really proud of and had really good people around us, a lot of NBA scouts and, um, uh, you know, people over there, Maurizio Gardini from Benetton. And uh, those, those type of people really helped put this together. And I was able to put my work out in front of NBA teams at that point as well. Mm-hmm. We've helped mm-hmm. a lot of uh, European players not only get drafted and be seen by NBA executives, but we also helped European players enhance their global reputation for exposure to other European countries so they could you know, play at a higher level. So it was good for everybody, and uh, I'm really appreciative of that especially. Pete, if we take it back just a little bit in this uh, in this journey, I mean, shooting hoops and working out in Dallas to suddenly becoming an NBA scout and head of uh, the Euro Camp. I mean, turn of events. I mean, it, it must have been, what's going on here? Is this what I want? Or was that actually what you were wanting to do? Uh, were you looking to get into scouting? Were you looking to do this camp? Or was this an idea someone pitched to you? That's a great, great question. Uh, you know, I, I've always had this entrepreneurial spirit, and and it's today is, uh, you know, showcasing that actually with TPG Sports Group that I'm sure we'll talk about later. Exactly. But when I started, when I started, Thomas, honestly, uh, I didn't know what I wanted to do towards the end of my career. I loved putting camps together and things and and opportunity. I loved connecting people. And so, you know, as you grow and as you mature, you start to understand how to do these things a little bit better. And so I knew I wanted to be in the NBA. I did not want to be on the business side. I wanted to be on the basketball side at some level. I did not want to coach. Yeah. I started to educate myself on the opportunity. What's out there? Well, scouting, talent evaluation, you know, uh, advanced scouting, you know, different things like that. And so I really loved my conversations with Donnie over those summers. And I, and I felt like, boy, what, what a, what a position he has. And that, that seems pretty cool. How how do I, Pete, let me break. Was, was, was it, was it you picking Donnie's brain or was it Donnie trying to pick your brain and pick your, let's say spots around Europe? Cause he'd been placed himself in Lithuania, and he placed, sure. I think, or maybe it was later. He placed Rolando Blackman in Germany, and was it Del Harris in China? You probably even went to China as well, I, I, as I recall. But that was later. But was it you picking his brain, or him trying to figure out how much you knew? Well, at the time, I thought I was just picking his brain. <laughs> <laughs> but if I if I look back at it now, and knowing all that I know, I've been in the NBA 14 years uh, now, and. Uh, you know, there could have been a little bit of that. He could have been, uh, you know, picking my brain a little bit to see what I knew, you know, internationally and, and what doors I could uh-huh. potentially open. 
of course. I mean, he's evaluating an asset, a potential, a potential scout, and so he's not going to just hire somebody because, you know, we're good. I mean, I, I understand that's a big part of it, but I'm sure he wanted to figure out what value I brought. Mm-hmm. After uh, Eurocamp took off, uh, the first couple of years, you proved that or you and Reebok proved that there was something really good going here. How much did your value rise? Uh, I don't need numbers, but just like percent-wise, from from actually creating and having this, how big a value was the Eurocamp uh, at that time? It was huge. It was everything. You know, I, obviously, I, I, I had just stopped playing basketball, and I was playing at a lower level, so I wouldn't. I don't think many NBA people knew me at all, mm-hmm. and... Uh, when I was given the opportunity to do this, um, we wanted to make sure we did it right, and we wanted to make sure it had sustainability. We wanted to make sure that, uh, you know, what obstacles we had and how to get around them efficiently and, and in the right manner to do things very professionally. And once we once we understood that after our research and educating ourselves, we, we knew that Reebok was going to do a good job of, of providing, you know, the financial resources for us um, to do this, and and we did it. Um, so for me, gigantic. Um, you know, for those that did not know me, they were able to see what work we put out there, and then they got to know me. And then, of course, uh, it really helped my career because I, I could then um, you know start those necessary relationships with other executives around the league. And then, you know, I've been with three different NBA teams in 14 years, and so that's. That's that's pretty cool, you know. I, I'm really happy for that. We've talked about circles before, uh, especially in the NBA. You got to know someone. You got to be at the right spot at the right time. You got to be lucky. You got to be good. You got to put in the hours as well. I went to the Treviso camp uh, one time and saw the names, talked to coaches, talked to people, uh, and I've seen over those last like probably eight, ten years ago now. But those names, I mean, they keep popping up different places. You might not see them, you know, on the big screen, but if you look underneath, if you start looking at rosters on on who's scouting, who is doing this, who's doing, I mean, there's so many big names, uh, assistant coaches now, and some of them probably even taking uh, not probably some of them taking head coaching jobs, and also a lot of them doing big. I mean, the French international coach. I mean, there's been Euroleague coaches. Everyone has been there. I mean, what does that tell you? I mean, it's got to make you feel proud. My, I almost get goosebumps just uh, thinking about it right now. <laughs> well, you're a you're a basketball purist, my man, and uh, that's what makes you good at what you do. But uh, yeah, I, it does. It may, it, I get goosebumps as well. You know, I, I'm I'm in my office right now, actually, in, in in North Carolina, and I'm looking on my wall, and there's I have pictures all over the place from memories from those uh, from those days. And yes, to see see coaches. And general managers make it to the highest level, and uh, in Europe as well as the NBA, it it does make me proud. But I also I also understand that um, you know it, we had a, a platform. Our platform was for uh, the highest level of basketball to showcase their their skills and opportunities in front of the world. And and it, it, of course it helps that media covered it mm-hmm. and and trusted what we were doing. We had a good product. We did things the right way and. I always tell our guys here, if you do things the right way, good things will usually happen. And so, again, real fortunate about that. I also, I mean, this is going to be the last one on on the subject, but I also think that it was at the right time. I mean, timing was was good. I'm I'm not sure you could do it if you started out today. 
I mean, you would have to put in tons of money to do something, but people are trying to hide now. They're trying to hide. I know you had some of that too, that players didn't want to go because then the value might fall or whatever. But but don't you think the timing was good? I mean, NBA was starting to look internationally, and then you came up with 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 a spot that everybody had to be at. Sure, timing was definitely uh, perfect, and and I do agree with you. Now I will say, we have a formula, and our formula. Uh, I, I they don't. I don't think they use it today, but uh, our formula was very, um, very specific, and we had things when you know a ranking and a. A reserve list, and we had a formula that we worked with agents, that we also worked with general managers, we worked with coaches, because the landscape in Europe is different than the United States in terms of the the funnel and the and the uh, you know the pyramid of of management and mm-hmm. who's managing player really. And in Europe, you know, you're not you're not in college, so you can have an agent. And typically, you do have an agent that's managing your career. And so there's a lot of different procedures that you have to do. And, you know, I developed a formula that we followed and followed very strictly. And, and you know, we were able to have some success. From back and Bears, Skolbach and around Europe, back in the NBA, NBA journey, we touched on that. The reason why we actually can talk today uh, is, oh, we could, have, we could talk before too, uh, not that. But you can get more specific because you're not affiliated with an NBA team at the moment. Uh, So that opens up stuff, and that's why I want to talk NBA as well with you, of course. And the playoffs, Pete. A lot of people have talked about this season uh, being a little bit funky. I mean, there's so many records being set, so many storylines to be told, but everyone was kind of waiting for the playoffs to begin. And then this playoffs might be, from the outside looking, might be one of the more boring playoffs because everybody has seen these two powerhouses just you know destroy everyone else and now they're ready for the for the finals before we talk finals what do you think about the playoffs from a NBA, a former nba scout former nba guy uh, looking at it yeah i agree uh, it's been a little challenging to watch at times when uh you know it's it's a lopsided a game or or the series is three to zero Um, so from that standpoint, I, I'm, I'm listen. I'm a fan also. You mm-hmm. know, I I grew up a fan of the game, so I, I like watching a competitive game. Um, you know, there's been some injuries on, yep. on a few yep. teams that have that have uh, had an impact on some of this. Uh, but you know, uh, the way it's the way it's structured right now, I, I think I think parity is is in the future, and and uh, that that's the league's goal is to have more parity around the league. Um, but You know, you can't say, I mean, San Antonio, that San Antonio-Golden State series should have gone seven games if everyone was healthy. I agree. That that could have been a barn burner, you know, and uh, so. Clippers we'll Clippers I, should I, have been good with, with no injuries. I mean, I, I agree that there's been too many injuries, but there's sure. been injuries the other years, too. I mean, uh, it's just this year, it seems like both Golden State and Cleveland are so strong. I mean, they're so talented. They're so deep. Uh, not even a small injury would actually hurt him. Sure. Well, there's there's a couple things here, and I and I don't want to uh, you know uh, say anything in, in a negative way because the the teams are amazing. They're powerhouses. They're 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 powerful. They're fun to watch. They have they have stars, and uh, you know they play the right way, and they're very well coached, mm-hmm. very well managed. But you know right now Cleveland is is uh, I don't know. 
how many million dollars over the cap. Yeah, yeah. And um, so they they will they chose to take that route uh, to to collect you know their their players and put their roster together. Um, most teams don't. You know, Golden State currently is under the cap, but they're going to have some decisions to make. Do they go over the cap next mm-hmm. year? Mm-hmm. When, when there's some free agents that have to be seen. You can't sign all four guys and keep them under the cap. If they do, then that team will stay together as a powerful team. But I don't think they will. Now, I, I don't know. Mm-hmm. But, uh, but if they don't, now you'll see one of their players go somewhere else. Um, and then it shifts uh, a little bit, maybe. You know, yeah, they'll still yeah. be great. But, you know, when you, when you have a team of high, uh, you know, high-paying contracts, chances are, most of the time you have a, a – a, a thinner bench, you know, uh, and so you know, Golden State ran into that a little bit early, and now that they've figured out how, how to play their seven guys or eight guys, um, but you know, it, it's it's how you choose to manage your team sometimes as well. I I just think that there's there's, I mean, both with Golden State, I think they're lucky too at this time again. I mean, timing is right for for getting stars together and their contract period or or when the contract's been running out has been good because the salary cap has gone up because of that big tv deal and the salary cap is going to go up once again so it might be a little bit easier for him but one of the other things is actually going back to to your affiliation with reebok uh or not necessarily reebok but the shoe companies i mean Mm -hmm. a lot of these stars they can take less money because they're getting so much money out of the the shoe deals and uh, do you think that I mean I don't think the NBA can, but do you think they're looking at ways to to make it e- more even? Because of course I mean Kevin Durant is I mean he was probably a lot worth in in Oklahoma I get that, but winning a championship or for some of the other guys to be on a championship team, I mean his shoe value has got to be higher. I mean to be seen to be seen in the finals and all that stuff. Sure, you know. It, Shoe companies uh, typically um, structure deals uh, with targets and, and benchmarks in, in, you know, in the in the contract. And so, if he wins the finals, I don't know what's in Kevin's contract, but yeah. I'm sure he will have uh, a significant bonus yeah. from the shoe. Uh, you know, the, the players also have have uh, really educated themselves in the last five years. And, on how to brand themselves, you know, a lot of these players are creating brands for themselves. But I can't, I can't see many players taking less money contractually because they're getting paid X from a shoe company. Now, you know, okay. <laughs> it's tough. Yeah. You know, I don't see, I don't see people doing it. Yeah. And yeah. maybe they will. Maybe, maybe later in their career or. Yeah. But I then it's hard to get the shoe deal, maybe too, if you're later. Yeah. Absolutely, sure. And markets have a lot to do with it. You know, I mean, uh, you know, uh, you're going to get more money in the bigger markets, LA, Chicago, New York, than you are in in, yeah. in the smaller market cities. Yeah. But um, you know, the one the one situation where I saw them take a little bit money, a little bit less money, was in Miami when LeBron, Dwayne yeah. Wade, and Chris yeah. Bosh yeah. all agreed to take a little bit less so they could fit, you know, underneath the cap. And I thought that was interesting. Dirk Nowitzki did it a little bit in Dallas, but maybe on—I sure. mean, on, on trying to get something to get. But I was, you know, when you're looking, I think it was—was was it 260 or 300 million that Durant got in that? Was it Under Armour? Uh, 
I think there was or there was someone else uh, bidding on him, uh, and he chose to stay with Nike. But that was more money that he was probably going to make in salaries, or he at least more than he'd already made in salaries uh, from the NBA. So that just one shoe deal. I mean, it's such a big influence that it's important for them to be. Of course, they got to be good, but they also got to be seen uh, for them to get that big deal. Sure, sure, and and uh, you know, listen, the players also understand that. Um, I have a, a better chance to build my brand if I win. Yeah, yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, they want to be in a big market, but if you are in the finals, the world—I don't know how many countries are going to watch the NBA finals starting on Thursday, but oh, there's going to be a lot of eyeballs watching the finals. So they're they're creating their global brand as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Oh, it's interesting. What should the NBA do? Uh, what what needs to happen to to make it more even? I'm not sure you have the right answer, but you might have an idea. Well, I think they did the right thing with the with the uh, the, the rev share model, revenue share model, uh, with the smaller markets, and and that was built into the last uh, collective bargaining agreement. And so I, I think they 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 have the right things in mind moving forward. It just, you know, like I said, Cle- Cleveland decided to do things uh, differently and 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 not really worry about a, a salary cap. Mm-hmm. And so that's why they built their power team. I don't think there's anybody else that has done that. To that extent, they're the only ones, at least from my knowledge. Yeah. And, you know, Golden State is to be determined, but they're going to have to make a decision once all their players are looking at max deals. And so, you know, I don't foresee that, but uh, I, I think the NBA is in great shape. I mean, there's stars, there's young stars, it's exciting, um, you know, and, and people are really looking forward to this finals. Yeah, I, I think it's in great shape too. Uh, I want to put that out there. I love it, and I, I like the stars. I I agree that some teams are a little bit more talented, uh, and and people. It looks like they're drawing. I mean, the talk now with Chris Paul maybe going to San Antonio. I mean, I could see that as a perfect fit. I really could. But also, oh no, no, San Antonio is going to be that good again and again. And I mean. Some some guys do a good job of that, but I want to touch last one on the finances. If you say Cleveland is spending that much money, is it because that they can see the value in it? I mean, when you see the Clippers being sold, was it two billion to to Bomber at a time where the Clippers were, I mean, I'm almost torn apart and had the worst name out there. I mean, they didn't even change the name; it was just the owner. And I think it's fantastic, but to know that it's worth two billion. I mean, what does it mean to to spend some money on on Cleveland going over the cap, winning, and then maybe cashing in later? Well, there's a severe penalty for going over the cap, and so really, at the end of the day, that's that's an owner's decision. I, I think I think any general manager, and I I shouldn't say that, but I, I would think many general managers would would uh, like to have an open checkbook and sign whoever they wanted yeah. to make a competitive team so that they can compete for a championship. Every team is competing to win the championship and or build to, to win a championship. And so for, uh, uh, you know, these owners, uh, it, it's at, some owners do not want to go one penny over the, over the cap, mm-hmm. and, they're, and they're steadfast on that. Um, and then some, there's a few that don't mind going over a little bit. But you're dollar for dollar. So if you're over, I believe it. I believe if you're over fifty million, you got to write a, you know, a hundred million dollar check. Yeah, 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 yeah. 
They're, they're paying. They're paying. I think it was, was it New York that at one point, was it in the early 2000s or late 90s, where they had 125 million out there? Where, I mean, one of the biggest. And that's just like almost normal now. I mean, it, it's, uh, it's unbelievable the amount of money. But that also tells you how important and how big and popular the NBA is. Pete, sure. uh, the finals. First time ever that two teams meet three years in a row. Uh, I love it that one team won first year, the other team won the second year, and now they're going for, should we say, a match ball. Uh, what what are you most excited about uh, for this upcoming final starting on Thursday? Well, before I answer that, I, so this is the first time three in a row that Celtics yep. and Lakers didn't meet three in a row? First time ever. Nope. Wow. They, they they were broken okay. off, uh, and they I think it was Philadelphia one of the times uh, crashing uh, in there, uh, but it's the first time ever that the same two teams have met three years in a row. Interesting. It okay, is. Okay. Well, what I'm looking for forward to. I love matchups, and I and I love the tactical approach. I love the adjustments. Uh, that's how I watch a game, and uh, so. I'm, I'm curious to know who LeBron's going to guard. I'm curious to know who's <laughs> going to guard LeBron. Yeah. I'm curious to know who the heck is going to try to guard Kevin Durant, which yeah. is impossible. Yeah. Uh, you know, who, who's going to match up with, with Clay? Who's, gonna, who's Clay going to guard? Clay is, Clay is one of their best defenders. You know, who's Steph going to guard? Steph, Steph is not the defender that Clay is. But, um, you know, so it, it's interesting uh, to, to see the matchups. And then. Uh, uh, you know, I, I also want to see if if uh, if Golden State uh, d- doesn't just come in here and, and really really put a lot of pressure on Cleveland. Golden yeah. State's so good right now. I, I called. I actually called uh, Cleveland Cavaliers to win it last year, uh, and I, I had to stick with it, even though there were some injuries. And I know I called it earlier. I had to stick with it, and then it turned out really well this year. I wouldn't say as brave a call, but I called the Golden State early, obviously after they got Kevin Durant. I mean, I think they have so much talent, and they're playing, and I mean, they're so fun to watch. It looks like they're having so much fun to play. But I will say, after watching Cleveland, you know, kind of turn up that last month in the in the regular season, they sucked. I mean, they were just running in, uh, I don't know, autopilot and just, you know, getting ready. Playoff come around. I mean, I have not seen LeBron play better. And if I were Golden State, I'd be kind of scared because if they can keep this up with Kyrie also starting to pick up, I mean, they got some weapons and they they believe they can, they know they can beat him. They did it last year. Well, um, I agree. Listen, LeBron is a, a different human being in the playoffs. It's 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 really fun to really uh, to watch um, because he's a guy that's six foot eight, two hundred and sixty five pounds, run, pass, shoot, do the things that he does defend compete it's 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 really scary but um i will say this offensively offensively yes cleveland cleveland's dangerous cleveland's cleveland struggles defensively at times they 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 have holes here and there um you know there are some games where they're engaged and they show show some better rotations and things of that nature but um to guard golden state is going to be a real challenge Mm -hmm, mm-hmm mm-hmm one of the things we talk about in studio with uh, with your old buddy Peter Wang as well uh, is uh, how fortunate are we, uh, and do we realize how fortunate we are 
to watch LeBron James, and maybe you can even put Steph Curry, uh, Kevin Durant in that mix. But to see one of the greatest players perform, I mean, I'm not sure. I mean, we, we're about the same age. We saw Jordan. We we watched him and, and, and all those things. But I'm not sure that you really appreciated that you actually saw one of the all-time greats. And now that we kind of have it now, I'm obviously more mature, more uh, older. I've, I've looked back and I know my NBA history. I'm, I'm kind of sitting there sometimes Am I really seeing this? Are we living through this? Have I actually been to the All-Star Games? Have I seen him in action do this and that? I mean, do you think about that as an NBA guy, or is this just is just another player? You know, with, with, the, with the great ones, I do occasionally because I don't want to take it for granted. Uh, you know, I, I've become numb a little bit mm-hmm. because of all of my NBA years and being in training camp and practices and games, and I've had to evaluate these players to see if they would work uh, in the NBA to see if they would make it. And, but but the guy guy like LeBron, who's who's you know arguably one of the best players of all time, I you you want to enjoy it, you know. And and I try to. I, I, I it drives me nuts when I see. Uh, you know, social media uh, ma- making comments about LeBron in a negative way. I mean, uh-huh. my goodness, just enjoy, enjoy this time. Enjoy what we're seeing. Um, you know, when we grew up, Thomas, we, we, we saw, of course, we saw Michael uh, Jordan and a few guys, but we we were kids. And I, and for myself, I kind of watched it more as a just a fan, and I enjoyed what he did. Uh-huh. But now, as an executive all these years, and I know what goes into uh, the regimen of these players. I, I mean, LeBron, the things he does in the off season to improve his body and to take care of his body and the stretching and the and the and the uh, the, the diet and the things of the to play it as fast as he does and how hard he does. You know, these these guys have to really do some magnificent things in the off season to take care of themselves. And um, so, I, it gives me a greater respect now to watch a guy like LeBron do what he does. I agree. Some of the teams uh, in the 90s, for example, the Cleveland Cavaliers, uh, I mean, they're just unlucky that they played at the same time as Michael Jordan. Is that the same thing right now? Is John Wall, is he just Carmelo Anthony, uh, Paul George maybe? Are they just unlucky that they play at the same time as uh, LeBron James on their way trying to get out of the, the Eastern Conference? Maybe even the Atlanta Hawks, you can put them in there. Yeah, I guess that's one way to look at it. You know, when I was with the Pacers, we we went two years in a row to the Eastern Conference Finals, which, you know, we're we're one series away from making it to the NBA Finals, and that's our dream. Uh-huh. You know, that's everyone's dream that pl- works and plays in this league. And, of course, we lost to LeBron James both times. And uh, some, t- some nights you, you walk away and you, you just think the guy is not human. Yeah, you know? yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Pete, finals. It, it sounded like to me. It sounded like uh, you said that Golden State is coming in as favorites. Is that the team you think is going to win? That would be my choice. Yeah. And uh, how many games are we going? Five. Five. Ooh. I, I I was asked today, and I was I said I'm I'm thinking six. I mean, seven is heaven, of course. But but I think <laughs> six games. Uh, yeah. And I, I called out Golden State as well, uh, but I'm, I'm hoping yeah. if, if it should go long, when does Cleveland need to win? I mean, Golden State starts at home. Do they need to win one of the first two to make this interesting? Or in a 
perfect world, yes, but the, the answer is no, because uh, you, you, they could get two at home for themselves. Uh, uh-huh. And then at, at some point, you got to win one there. Yeah. So They did it know, last year, point, down 3-1. Yeah. Right, right, right. <laughs> but but you got Golden State. What would be the main main thing for it to turn Cleveland's way? They got to figure out uh, a, a few defensive schemes uh, to make. You, you can't take everyone out. Yeah. You know. You know. Draymond Green is here. Here's the here's the, the like the missing piece here. Draymond Green is a playmaking four. Okay. The guy. He's he's the only guy in in the world at the four position that averages seven assists or more. The only guy in the world. Yeah. Yeah. The when the ball's in his hands, he makes things happen. Well, he's defended by a four. So uh, I'd get creative with the with the matchups. I get creative with your rotations, uh, and and that's to me the only way they can they can you know shift something in Cleveland's direction. They got to defend. It's got to be interesting, and we're we're looking forward to seeing it. Uh, by the way, did you know that the NBA three X that three uh, three on three tournament is coming to Denmark again? Uh, it's been the last two years. The first year, Robert Ory was here as the NBA guy, and last year we had Andre Drummond here. And this year they stepped it up. They uh, they're sending Carl Anthony Towns uh, to Odense wow. for the weekend. Can you just? I mean, he's an he's a superstar. He's a new name, but for some of the the young NBA fans here, I mean, obviously they've seen him. But how big a talent is he? I mean, like five, ten years down the road from now. What are we going to see out of Carl Anthony Townsend? How important is it to come see him when you can actually see him in person? Danish fans, go see him now. He's a megastar. He is. He is like he and Anthony Davis. Uh, you know, and 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 uh, these younger guys are the future of the NBA. Carl Anthony Towns is a star. Uh, to do the things that he can do at that size and the versatility um, is pretty scary. Mm-hmm. And, and and at his age. Uh, absolutely a star, and uh, it's pretty cool that he's coming over there to Denmark. Oh, we're, we're looking forward to it. But, I mean, it's not just for uh, for the commercial sake I'm asking you. Uh, you have been evaluating talent, and you probably still is. Uh, what's important? When you when you look at a player like Cal Anthony Towns, I mean, maybe not him because he's got so much talent and, and good in every way, but what's most important when you're looking at a at a player for the first time and trying to evaluate how good he is and how good he can actually be sure well there's a there's a long checklist but to say what's the absolute most important that typically goes by position because uh, there's different characteristics that translate by position mm-hmm. and so um, but ultimately right now in our league if you can't shoot the ball <laughs> uh, yeah. there's a lot of teams that will not have interest in you and uh, so shooting is, is super super important uh, you have to be able to defend your position uh, basketball IQ is really, really important. You know, length, athleticism. Um, but, but what translates? What can you do on an NBA floor? And, and when I'm evaluating, uh, I typically try to figure out what is that future ceiling of a player. And we have buckets that we put players into, and those buckets are all-star, starter, rotation, and fringe. And so, I, you know, the hardest thing is to translate uh, or to uh, forecast you know, five, six, seven, eight years, because these players are coming out earlier now. There, a lot of freshmen are coming out. That's more of the analytic model, uh-huh. where it says the younger you are, the more chance you have to develop. 
Therefore, the sooner you get in our hands in the NBA, the quicker we can put our 100 coachings, coaches around you and, from our staff and develop you the right way with NBA footwork because our, our rules, the NBA rules, are different than college and international because the illegal defense, you know, hand-touching from the free-throw line above, which makes offensive rotations different and makes defensive rotations different, which also makes footwork different. So And read, how you read the game. So there's a lot to it, Thomas, but uh, in a nutshell, um, those are really, really important. And then, of course, we do a lot of background intel on players on what makes them them, what makes them tick, what makes them go, what drives them, you know, and, and what are their behaviors. Uh, and, and a lot of that stuff is very, very important. Were, were you told – were you told – Go get us a scorer, or find a scorer. Go find a rebounder. Go. Uh, was it that specific, or was it more just find us talent, and then we see what we uh, what we can do? Yeah, it's it's find the most talented player possible. Yeah, uh, we'll, we'll figure it out later. Uh, and then you know, as you go through the the process every month, you're ranking and re-ranking and re-ranking and and trying adjusting your rankings and and trying to figure out what's uh, what's best, and then. You want to take the most talented player possible. Uh-huh. And the the scout, your role is just players who's not in the NBA, or your role was was that more, or was it also on the a lot of the players in the NBA? Were you were you consulted when there was a trade? I mean, should we do this and this player? What can they add up to uh, if we're trading one of our uh, one of our assets? Absolutely, and and typically every NBA team has uh, the staff is usually uh, regional college guys. Uh, an international guy, uh, a pro personnel scout, which would be just NBA and D League, uh-huh. um, and then you have some directors. And I, I was fortunate enough to be a director, and my role was uh, oversee uh, all, all components, so international, college, and pro. And so, closer to the trade deadline or free or free agency, uh, I would work closely with my general manager or assistant GM on on those type of reports and those, that type of information. So if we're getting ready to you know, entertain a trade. Uh, I may, I may follow a player for three, four different cities, and try to figure out everything about him on and off the court. I'll follow a player after he leaves the. You <laughs> go to the, the club. You go to the club. Oh, yeah, absolutely, <laughs> absolutely. <laughs> uh, the last one on that uh, on trades and and being with the NBA team. How how much does a team or the executive want to hang on to a star player to a fran uh, maybe not franchise player because that kind of gifts itself but how important is it for a team to have a face of the franchise a star player uh compared i mean especially for the teams where there's just one star and then uh, a good guys around him i'm thinking sh- when trading off one guy compared to getting in three four Good players, uh, but maybe unproven. You get my point. I mean, how important is it to hang on to a guy that's kind of face of the franchise? Yeah, I get it. I would say it like this: the hardest thing to do is to acquire or get a high-level uh, franchise talent, uh-huh. a face of the franchise. That's hard. So, so don't just let them go or don't try to move them because you don't know when you're going to get another player at that level again. And, and there's also the mystery of you don't know what you're getting back sometimes. Yeah, you can scout to the cows come home 
and, and, and have a lot of information on a player, but no one knows the player better than the team that has him currently. Yeah, you know, yeah. there may be some things that, you know, he just doesn't like to perform every single day in practice. And therefore, he's just really talented on most nights in the game. And you just never know. And so my answer would be um, when you have a talent, you try to keep him and you try to make it work. Uh, you know, there's going to be some scenarios. Obviously, Carmelo, I believe, has a no-trade yeah. clause in his contract. So they can't trade him even if they wanted to, Now, unless he, unless he lets that go. Um, you know, there's some other scenarios out there. But, no, I, I would I, – you know, you don't you – don't, you, you listen. You listen to everybody. That's the drill. You, you, you take phone calls. If someone wants to call and talk about your player, of course you listen. Um, and, the, and if it gets to a point where there's something is so good that you can't refuse it, then you have to really consider it. But typically that doesn't happen. I'm, I'm pretty sure we all seen Moneyball, the movie with Brad Pitt and the baseball. Is that how it actually works in the NBA too? I mean, is the phone, is that you calling around and, oh, okay, you get this one, boom. Or is it, I mean, is it long emails and long meetings on, on this and this player? It's not exactly like Moneyball, but I will say I will say that uh, you know the, the phones uh, are, phone calls are very interesting, especially when uh, uh, things get closer to a deadline, yeah, like yeah. The, the, the draft pick deadline. You know, when you're on the clock and you may all of a sudden get a call. But typically, you've been working on you, you know you know your roster, you know your depth chart, uh, and you also. Uh, are evaluating and, and in discussions with other people around the league, kind of taking the temperature of everybody and figuring it out so that you're not surprised. You have the, the league ranked completely. You have your scenarios that make sense. Yeah. And then you, you get some, some small offers, some small interest, and you put it on the board and you toss it around and you think about it. And then, you know, uh, you pretty much know what you're going to do. Uh, you know, well in advance, and then every once in a while you'll get a wild right before the deadline or right before the the pick that someone asks you for something. But if you're not prepared because you haven't done your due diligence on the medical side or the background side uh, for something that was just off the wall, then you don't do it. But um, typically, like, for example, the draft is coming up at the end of June. GMs right now are talking every day. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're, they're talking every day. They're talking with agents. They're talking with, you know, with, with coaches. They're talking with uh, – Uh, other GMs, and they're trying to figure out what makes sense. You know, it's, it's interesting. I mean, uh, I'm, I'm, I'm almost, you know, forgot to to think about the next question. Just listening because I just, I mean, that would be so much fun to sit in that wall room and just uh, see how those phone calls went down. Uh, I get it, of course, you prepared, but uh, it's just sometimes I, I I have that feeling that I want to keep my star player. Uh, because exactly what you said, I know what I got. Uh, I think I, I discussed it with uh, with Peter on um, on on Blake Griffin. You know, m- should they trade him? On I know I have an all star guy here. I know he's. I mean, he's my franchise player. Um, yeah, we might be better if I could get a shooter and a good power forward. But do I want two starters for one superstar? Um, I'm I'm not sure. Uh, so it's I'm, and I know it differs from case to case. But uh, it was just interesting to hear, uh, you know, how you look at it. Sure, sure. Yeah, it, you know, in the Clippers situation, I, you know, we're not we're not inside their their locker yeah, room, so yeah. we don't really know. Uh, but that, that's a heck of a talented team out yeah. there, and you know, I mean, you know, it, it may not 
be able to work with their two bigs the way they play. Uh, it hasn't yet, yeah. but that doesn't mean it can't because they're, you know, I mean, I, I would take either one of them. Yeah, you yeah, know? yeah. But, but it's also been injuries know? with them. I mean, it's it's sure. been it's been freaking age. I mean, just unlucky. Uh, but I mean, it could be anywhere. It could be the New York. It could be Boston. Should they do any? It could have been Paul George. It could have been, you know, Oklahoma. Should they have kept James Harden? At, I mean, just the talent that they had at that team. Oh well, we'll leave it, Pete. Last thing, <laughs> TPG. I mean, after uh, not after, but kind of on the side, I believe, at the at the end of your NBA journey, you were you're starting up something else. Can you can you just? I mean. Because that's actually where this whole thing maybe starts for someone new who wants to be part of the NBA, who wants to have those 200 travel days a year. Uh, what, what, what are you cooking right now? A lot. We don't stop cooking <laughs> here in the office. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward uh, to the All-Star game. And was it not 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 this this is LA next year? But then after that, I heard it's coming to Charlotte. I'm looking for a barbecue. Yes, it is. We're gonna have a big party, and you're invited. <laughs> I'm, I'm looking forward to it. No, but what are you cooking? What is it? Well, there's our, our whiteboard right now has 15 things on it, and and so we, we have some things in the works. But right now, our, our two uh, you know primary events are. Uh, Pro Scout School, which is coming up in Las Vegas in July. Uh, and you can see it on our website, tpgsportsgroup.com. Uh, basically, Thomas Pro Scout School is, is, is the place to be to learn and connect with NBA and high-level professional basketball industry leaders. So from NBA coaches to NBA GMs, assistant GMs, scouts, salary cap people, um, you know, the director of scouting, pro personnel guys. What we do is we have we have uh, two 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 types of uh, things at the event. One is we have panel panels that uh, we Fran Fraschilla from ESPN will is the MC and he basically uh, asks questions and and it's all geared around scouting and so we can teach the audience everything that goes into scouting at every level. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then with the second day, we have breakout rooms where we, we get a little deeper into the discussion, and it's a more intimate setting. We break the group up into, into a third, so there's less people in each room. One room is going to be player development, where we're going to have Pure Sweat, who we think they're the, the industry leader right now. Um, uh, they're they're going to talk about player development. And then the, the other room is going, the second room is going to be Bobby Marks, former assistant general manager in the NBA. Now he works for the Vertical and Yahoo. Uh, he's a salary cap expert, one of the best in the world. And he's going to put on a, uh, a demonstration, a presentation rather, uh, about salary cap. And then the third room will be myself and Tony Ronzoni from the Dallas Mavericks. We're going to talk about talent evaluation, and we're going to do some video breakdown of, of every position and, and talk about the different skills that translate. And so uh, it's a lot of fun. Um, we, uh, we, we, we've helped a lot of people with uh, opportunities in the NBA as well as leads. Uh, leads are, are, are as important sometimes, if not more important, because it's the relationship piece that you have to build and, and develop a trusting relationship with these NBA executives if you want if you want to somehow get in. And then some people are there just for education purposes. Some people are just because they're curious and they want to know what really goes on with NBA scouting. And there's room for everybody. It's not just you don't need to be affiliated with an NBA team or top EuroLeague team or anything. I mean, can you sign up for anyone? And from anywhere, absolutely. And it's a great great, uh, two days to, to learn and meet new people. 
Uh, and of course, the NBA Summer League's going on in Vegas during that time, and, and it's Las Vegas, you know, it's, it's a great place to spend a couple days. <laughs> Perfect. Well, it's on the bucket list, that's for sure. Uh, sure. I'll see if I can. We... And then our other event, Thomas, real quick, our other event is, is probably our, our signature event. It's called Sports Tank, where we, uh, we, uh, um, we select the top ten sports startups from around the world, and we, it's like Shark Tank. We put them on stage and let them pitch to six venture capitalists that are obviously investors in the sports space, mm-hmm. and we had eight sports executives on the other side of the stage where they're looking for partnerships. And they pitch, and they're looking for an investment or a partnership. Uh, and uh, we, we do some business with each each startup that gets a deal. And uh, that's a that's a really big event. We've, we've been lucky. We kind of were first uh, first in the market for, for uh, that type of event, and it's really, really grown. When, when is that? Is that once a year, or is that more, a couple of times, or when, when is that? At the moment, it's one time. It's in uh, April in New York City, and uh, we're, we're entertaining doing it um, uh, twice, but we're, we're just working on the model right now because uh-huh. it's, it's gotten so popular and uh, the demand is really, really high. We had almost 300 applications from around the world, uh, you know, co- companies from around the world. In fact, our top 10 companies, five of them were from outside the United States. Wow. Wow. Incredible. From Aarhus. To oh. <laughs> I don't know all around the world and uh, yeah I would say back again, Pete Philo. I mean, uh, what an unbelievable story and thanks for uh, for taking your time on this. Oh, thanks for having me and and hello to all my friends in Denmark and Aarhus especially. Uh, I miss everyone and hope to see you guys soon. Thank you, thank you so much. This is uh, Pete Philo, TPG, of course, NBA scout, uh, NBA analyst, and everything else uh, down the line. Former pro player. Of, uh, of Skolbakken and uh, former other teams in uh, in Europe. It's been a pleasure, Pete. Thank you, and very, very much good luck uh, with everything coming down the line. Thank you, Thomas. I appreciate you having me. The biggest names in tennis are coming to Paris for the most anticipated Roland Garros in years. Tennis Channel Plus is your place to watch. Stream every court from your phone or smart TV live in HD. Experience three weeks of unparalleled tournament access as the world's top players in tennis face off against each other. Will the veteran champions continue their dominance or will a fresh face emerge to challenge their legacy on the clay courts? Daily live coverage of this epic showdown begins Monday, May 20th. Don't miss a matchup. Stream it now with Tennis Channel Plus to be there when it happens. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Cats and cat owners deserve better than any old-fashioned litter. That's why I teamed up with scientists and veterinarians to create Pretty Litter. Its innovative crystal formula has superior odor control and weighs up to 80% less than clay litter. Pretty Litter even monitors health by changing colors to help detect early signs of potential illness. It's the world's smartest kitty litter. 
Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details.